0: When I was studying in Mexico years ago, everyone kept talking about the apparitions of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and always saying how it was the greatest apparitions that the church has ever seen. So one time I was in conversation with one of the men there, and I said, tell me honestly, objectively, how is Our Lady of Guadalupe's apparition actually better than anyone? And he just looked at me and said, very simple. Mary visited many places for a time, whether it had been Lourdes or Fatima or Knock." But after she came to Mexico, she never left. So it's only the, appar- it's the only apparition of Our Lady where a miraculous image of herself was left after her departure. And I'd like to speak about that very image today. And I'm going to hand it out make sure everyone has one of these. It's a handout of the main details I'm going to address in this homily. You're not allowed to look at it until I actually start talking about it, though. I took a chance putting it out there for you. But first, I want to give a word about the societal context in which Our Lady appeared in Mexico in 1531. The Aztecs were a very religious people, and the Aztecs were the governing kind of tribe or nation of Mexico in that time, and it guided their entire way of life. And they worshipped the sun god, and according to their beliefs, they had to offer human blood continually to the sun so that it would keep moving. And they believed that if they ever stopped sacrificing human beings for that end, that the world would come to an end. And so every Aztec city had a temple pyramid about 100 feet high, and upon that altar, at the very top of the steps, the priests offered human sacrifices to God, whom they called the lover of hearts and the drinker of blood. And when I was studying this context, they go into great detail about how those sacrifices were carried out, which I didn't think was too appropriate for a mass, but it does show just how, the, how intense the climate was there in that religious context. And considering the fact that the Aztecs controlled 371 towns and the law required a thousand human sacrifices for each town with a temple pyramid, some estimate that over 50,000 humans were sacrificed each year on those altars. And the location, this is really fascinating, the location where the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared at Juan Diego in Tenochtitlan was the center of Aztec worship, right, where modern-day Mexico City is, a place where it said 80,000 men were sacrificed over a period of just four days. And their society revolved around this religious belief. And after the Spanish came in 1519, In time, they, little by little, were able to outlaw human sacrifices. And the Catholic priests even went around and they would ascend the steps of those pyramids, exercising them, and then offering the unbloody sacrifice of the mass upon those very altars. But due to a number of reasons, whether it was abuse of the natives by the colonizers who just came there for their own profit, or the fact that a lot of the colonizers brought diseases with them, Um, And the fact that their religion had been basically outlawed to them. There's a lot of conflict that had begun between the Aztecs and the colonials. And um, they were not having much of a success at all in bringing the faith to those people. Because they were almost having like a religious crisis. Because they had based their whole beliefs in God around human sacrifice. So when that had been taken away and the world didn't come to an end... They felt abandoned by God, by their gods, but they also didn't want to take the Christian God that was being offered to them by these people who they had no real relationship with. And so that's a simplified view of the cultural context of when Mary appeared in Mexico on this day. So it was on a Saturday, December 9th, 1531, When a recent convert and a very poor peasant, he was just above the class of slaves. Juan Diego was walking on his way to mass. And when he was walking by the hill, he had to walk a couple miles just to get to his church. He saw a woman on top of this hill in the middle of winter, very beautiful. And he heard birds singing and she was calling out to him. And I want to read exactly what she said. She said, Juanito, my dear Juan Diego, Know for sure, my dearest, littlest, and youngest son, that I am the perfect and ever-Virgin Holy Mary, mother of the God of truth, through whom everything lives, the Lord of heaven and earth. I want very much to have a house built here for me, in which I will show the true God, I will exalt him, and make him manifest. So I, who am your merciful mother, may therein exhibit and give all my love, compassion, help, and protection to you and to all the inhabitants on this land and all the rest who love me, invoke me, and confide in me. She went away at that time in Juan Diego. He went to the I'm not going to spend too much time on the apparition itself, but it's a very beautiful story about him going to the bishop, the bishop saying, That's an incredible claim. You can't possibly bring that without proof. So he sent him away. And Juan Diego tried to avoid Mary going back there, but he, so he tried to go around the other side of the hill the next time he had to go to church. And Mary came to him over there, and he tried to beg her to send somebody else, to send someone more illustrious than myself, someone that is more credible. Then the bishop will believe you, and you can build your church. And Mary said to him, I don't want anybody else. I have chosen you. And at this point, he begged for... He went back again, the bishop saw him for a second, then kicked him out, and told him not to come back without a sign again. And the next time Mary appeared to him, he, uh, she offered him this miracle where she said, on the hilltop, uh, she raised up roses. This is the middle of December, and it's a rocky terrain, so nothing grows there. And this huge rose bush grew up right on the top of this Tepiak Hill. And it, he says that Mary herself cut these roses and placed them in his tilma. Tilma is cactus, right? It's just something that's placed over the outside of your body to keep you warm. They last about 15, 20 years at best when well preserved. And Mary herself placed all these roses into his tilma and said, do not open this until you get to the bishop. And so Juan Diego went back to the bishop. They made him stand outside for two hours, and the assistants were trying to rip his arms open to find out what he had in there, but they couldn't move his, his arms and finally the bishop allowed him to come in, and the moment that he dropped his arms, the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, right here on the back wall, miraculously appeared in front of everybody's eyes. So I wanna talk today about the miracles of that tilma, and I encourage you to actually look into the full story. Now you may take out your handouts. I feel like I'm back in elementary school. No coloring on it while we're talking. So some interesting facts about the tilma itself. This has been studied much more, especially by NASA, and with all the new technology we've gained in the 20th century. So a lot of what I have to share with you is all scientifically based. So the fabric itself, so it's made out of the tilma, the tilma is made out of cactus, which, as I said, only lasts about 20, 25 years tops. And that's when it's really well preserved. This tilma... Has been preserved for 500 years in the midst of being touched and handled and many other things without the least sign of deterioration. Almost 500 years. How it was created? It's been proven that the image has not been painted by human hands. No paint strokes or under sketches of any kind have been found underneath the tilma. And no one to this day is able to reproduce it by hand. The NASA scientists have no explanation as to how the image even got on the cloth. And after processing the di- digitized image, they notice that the entire thing was painted in a single step. There's no sketches, no corrections, and not even a single visible brush stroke is found on that entire thing. Specialists at Kodiak Corporation said the image is so smooth and bears more resemblance to actually a photograph than any kind of a painting. And this is what's crazy. No paint is actually found on the image. The paint that is on there cannot be reproduced in the material that is used for it. And the colors are actually floating three-tenths of a millimeter above the tilma. It's not even touching it physically, as they've been able to determine. It's actually kind of interesting. When uh, Hillary Clinton went on a visitation to Mexico, she stopped by there, and she was looking at the tilma on top of it. She goes, oh, that's a very beautiful painting. Who painted it? And the guy next to her just goes, never mind. <laughs> you don't get it. The tilma itself, has a temperature, they found. it. no matter what the temperature temperature is around, whether hot or cold, it's always a constant temperature of 98.6 degrees, the same as a human body. The woman, you can see that black ribbon on top of, over her um, stomach. In the Aztec times, that was a sign of pregnancy. And gynecologists examined it and indicated that the stage of pregnancy of that woman, of her womb, on December 9th, is exactly the time for giving birth on December 25th. And he placed a stethoscope below the black band on the waist, on the backside, and he heard a rhythmic repeating heartbeats at 115 beats per minute, the same beats as a baby child in the womb. Another interesting thing is the intermarriage context. The face of the woman is Matissa. And Matisa in that time meant an inter, um, a child that came from an intermarriage between the Spanish and the Aztecs of that time. And so she herself is actually a sign of the unity that could come about by this new people. And the stellar arrangements. You see the, rock, the stars around the tilma? It looks like just nice decoration. Well... The various constellations of the Mexican sky on that day, it's the exact same looking at that as it was on the winter morning solstice of December 12th, 1531 at 1026 AM on that very day. And what's even crazier is it's not the constellation in perfect order from looking uh, from the Earth to the stars. It's actually reversed. So it's looking from above the stars to our Earth. Perfectly represented on that tilma. And then her eyes. This was something that was only discovered recently because of the technology we have. It was discovered that the re- you can actually see the reflection. They, at first they could just see one reflection of a person. Uh, bishop Juan Diego, the bishop that Juan Diego went to was reflected in the pupils of the Blessed Virgin Mary when they got close to her eyes. And when exposed to light, her eyes actually dilate. When they put the. Uh, a bright light to her and then take it away, they'll dilate and contrast. And although I have all that information for you right there on that paper about a proving ophthalmologist, an expert at IBM in digital processing who uh, studied the tilma, tilma, they multiplied it by 2,500 times the actual size to look just at the eyes and what they were able to find is that there was 13 persons they, they could see reflected in just her pupils. And they did even more, one, an extra thousand times more. This is stuff they would used to look out at Mars with, and they're using this on the eyes of the Blessed Virgin. And they could actually see reflected in the bishop's eyes, reflected in her eyes, um, Juan Diego opening up his tilma. So they can go into Mary's eyes and then see into the bishop's eyes and see the reflection of the Blessed Virgin herself on the Tilma of Juan Diego. So it's just wild how deep that goes. It's like a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. It's insane. Okay, and then the miracles since the Tilma uh, was produced in that time. For decades, as I mentioned, the missionaries had little or no success in converting the natives to the faith. And this was at the same time as the Protestant revolt, right? So when the Protestant Revolt took place in Germany and places of Europe, that's when the mission started going towards the new lands. And at first, nothing was taking place. We lost 100,000 100, Catholics to Protestantism in Europe. Within nine years of this apparition... Sorry, within 10 years. Let's be, stick to the facts here. Within 10 years, 9 million Aztecs converted to the faith. It's the biggest mass conversion we've ever seen in the history of Catholicism. And this conversion of the Indians also brought a halt to all the pagan rituals of human sacrifice because they all recognized this woman as standing above the moon with the the sun behind her, so she was bigger than both, and she's praying with her hands folded, so they knew that she was looking up to one who is above her, that she wasn't God, but one pointing to one who is greater. And after that, the Spaniards and the Mexicans, who were mortal enemies before, now embraced one another with affection. And in 1928, a group of communists, Masons, uh, came in with a rose, a bunch of roses in a pot, and put them underneath the tilma, right underneath it as it is in, in the old basilica. And inside of that was a bunch of bombs that went off, it shattered glass. It shattered the entire um, front of the sanctuary and glass as far as 100 yards away. And they had one of those big altar crucifixes right in front of it. You can still see it today bent backwards from the explosion. And yet the tilma, which was just feet above that bomb, was untouched. So there's many different ways that Mary revealed the the miracle of the tilma and the truth of our faith as a means to convert souls back to her son. Like she said, the reason I am coming here is so that my son, the true God, might be worshiped and adored and many will, will experience my motherly consolation in their own lives, not only in this land, but to all those who revere me. So I really encourage you to take some time, perhaps this week, and look up the details of the apparition for yourself and I really challenge you, share this piece of paper, like really look it over and share the details of this event with one person at least, whether it's a family member or a friend, because right now people don't believe that God is still at work in the world. That's why we have this whole fight between faith and, and science, as if God is, has abandoned us somehow. But put stuff something like this before them and say, explain how this could happen so this is a great miracle for the faith, for the sake of opening our hearts to the truth of jesus christ to the truth of the catholic church and if we truly hold up our blessed mother if we use her and the means that she gave us to to bring that to light of souls that can be the new the new pentecost and the new evangelization that our country so desperately needs in this time And if anything else, I invite you just to do one little thing as a sacrifice of thanksgiving to our Blessed Mother. And right after this Mass, we're going to do about a 15-minute procession. We're going to just go around the quad out there towards the library and around and come back here with processing with this image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, singing songs and doing a litany. It's a way to say we're not ashamed of the faith that we have received. And we want to make the Blessed Virgin Mary and the miracles that God has given us through her known so she might be loved and her son might be adored by all people, especially in our country. Our Lady of Guadalupe.